Welcome back to the Zach Knows Podcast. I'm Zach Collins, and we're back for another episode. We're hearing some familiar voices. We're going to go two weeks in a row to where y'all hear the same three people together. <laughs> Everybody introduce themselves today. What's going on, y'all? This is Billy Wilson. What up, y'all? This is John. Nice to have my boys back in here today. Yes, sir. During the NBA Finals, so y'all know where we're going to start. We was kind of having a conversation off air. Okay, so we go. It looks dim. We're not going to sit here and tell you that it didn't look dim coming out of game four. What? They was up 3-1. I picked the Warriors to win. So, of course, I'm over here. I was shaking a little bit. I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> I'm not shaking gonna, in your boots. I'm man. not going to lie to you. But coming out of game four, down 3-1, it looked a little shaky. Then you get the news KD has to come back. He has a little Warrior spirit. Now, if I'm KD, I'm not playing in the game. I'm sorry. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to play with a team that told me that they could win without me. I want to see it. No matter the brotherhood you talking, no matter how much you tell me you care about me, previous posts before the game, Clay Thompson, or Steph Curry crying after the game of the game five, that doesn't matter to me. You've been telling me all year that y'all don't need me to win. And that's what it looks like, right? Ain't that what they said? <laughs> well, Zach, I believe the media pushed that narrative. I don't believe Steph and Clay actually came out there and said, I think that was more of a media thing. Than and Draymond. I, Draymond said it. Steph and Clay not going to say it. Draymond going to say that regardless. That's Draymond. His confidence is through the roof. He clearly has the worst off of the game on the team, but his confidence <laughs> is through the roof. He just does the most, Billy. That's the glue. That's what they call him, the glue. So how did, how did you feel coming out of game four in the game five? I felt like they hit a wall. It was like, that was a Warriors team that I haven't seen before. It was like they get, they got hit in the mouth. They didn't have any spirit. They, I think the Raptors took their spirit away. Because they're playing point, a game. They're playing the type of game that hurts you, the Warriors. Are you talking about game five? Four. four. Game four, okay. Yeah. Continue, and Billy. I felt like game four, the Warriors needed KD the most. Because you, we've we seen in the Houston series that when everything's not going the right way, past the 35, 35 going to get you a bucket. And at the time, they didn't have anybody that's going to get you a bucket. I mean, freaking Boogie came out with three, four turnovers straight. They had to snatch him out. He couldn't even play. They took him out of this game early. He starts Iggy, to press a lot. Iggy can't hit a jump shot. Draymond is, Draymond is having to shoot. They're going to let Draymond shoot. <laughs> so... I felt like it was real evident they needed KD at that moment, and he couldn't save him at the time. Now move on to game five. Now game five, I felt like for that first 12 minutes, it was like KD was not hurt at all. He came out cooking, and that's the KD of old. And I really believe KD never gets hurt. He leaves with 35-plus points, Mm -hmm. and the Warriors win by 15 points. Easy. They didn't have an answer for him at all. When KD plays, it gives Steph and Clay so much more room. It spaces the court out to where they don't need front court scoring. They have their big three. Now, when, when KD is out, they need the front court score. When KD's in, it spaces out. You've seen Clay got cooking early. Steph got cooking early. It was, even when KD got hurt, since they spaced the court out so early, KD, I mean, Clay and Steph already had a rhythm. That's where we fail to realize good shooters have to flow through rhythms. And yeah. since they don't have as much space as they used to get, in, their rhythm is sometimes off. Off, and KD provided that in game five. Now, are you coming back if you, KD? Uh, no, and I'm not coming back. If you, I'm KD. you wouldn't come back into the series. Like, you it's wouldn't a, play that game five. That's a business decision. I would have to get two or three more opinions rather than a team doctor. It's reported that they did get a second, a second opinion, but if I'm KD, I'm straight Kawhi Leonard 
or I'm straight Le'Veon Bell. I'm not going back out there. Well, they said Durant went to his own doctors as well as the team doctors, and both of them cleared him to play. Apparently, the Achilles injury was a surprise. It really was his calf. So I don't think there's a way to blame anybody necessarily, but, but I'm you, still leaving. If you look at if you look at where he had the ice on his leg, that's not the calf. No, no, I know it's not, but the, it was a calf injury to begin with. He tore that Achilles in that game. If he had tore his Achilles in the previous game, he wouldn't be playing. No, no that's what I'm that. saying. So, but it was it was something lower, and I think it was just he might have been shot up to where he'd have been straight. But eventually, it gives out because it is a muscle, and you see the way it popped because he generates so many force on so much force on that step. Maybe maybe it was just a strain to yeah, start with, and exactly. then he pushed it too far, and now it's a tear. Because he, and now it's, it's adrenaline a rushing. Issue. He doesn't he doesn't understand like, hey, I gotta be a little lenient on this leg, and no, but no, I'm, he started going telling, off. If I'm telling Zion to sit out. Of course, I'm gonna tell KD I'm not coming back. Now, granted, you could have your opinion about whatever narrative that was being told, but they push him out there. He gets hurt again. His value enormously drops. He probably has to resign to them for what the same type of money we're, or less. We're talking about a top ten player of all time. I don't think his value. If his value exactly. drops, exactly. But who is the same after in a torn Achilles? Nobody. And he's Nobody's a little older, same, too. But we're talking about a top 10 player of all time. I get that, Billy, but we're talking about a franchise that wants to continue being in the finals every year. And if it's not I conducive mean, for me to be, for me to give KD, what, 35 mil a year and us to keep everybody else, then. So even if KD comes back, say if KD comes back 85%, his 85% is definitely better than, better than 90% of the league. 90% of the league, yes, I get that. But he's not going to be the same defender that he, he just got into his defensive bag. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to be able to. What, what superstar besides Kawhi really plays defense? Clay, are you not counting Clay as a superstar? I mean, I'm counting Clay. I'm talking about as far as a, we see players like Steph, we see players like LeBron, we even see players like who else? Russell Westbrook that takes off on defense. Yeah. So I mean, James. I'm not. T- I, I get won't you. Take anything away from KD takes off on defense a little bit. I get what you're saying. Sticking with contract talks, uh, did y'all see that Kimball Walker told the the Charlotte Hornets that? <laughs> He's willing to take less than the max money yeah. in order to help them. Apparently, he thinks they're going to be a winner in the next three, four years. He has to, like, to stay there. It's the same theme that we had last week. Who wants to be in Charlotte? <laughs> Who is coming to Charlotte? Michael Jordan Nobody. been, what, the GM 10 years? And he Michael drafted Jordan. Kimball Walker. Yeah. Michael Jordan is the worst GM in basketball. And we're going we, we're gonna to re-sign to Charlotte for less money, and we can barely make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Well, so Orlando just made the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. So because he made the All-NBA team, he is up for a max contract. Yeah. And, but he's willing to take less to stay with him, but they can use that money if he takes a little less to, to sign some other people, and that's kind of the Who angle I guess he's going at. They're not getting him, so I'm getting nah, every well, dollar I I'm can get out of him. I guess he's hoping. I mean, yeah, I would too, but I mean, I guess he's hoping they can bring in a big free agent and maybe turn it around quicker. Hey, Kimba, do me a favor and go to the Mavericks. Okay. Now, um, Anthony Davis is probably the biggest story within free agency. Him and Rich Paul are talking. They told the Celtics that if they trade for Anthony Davis, it's only going to be for one year. If you're the Celtics, are you giving up Jason Tatum for one year of Anthony Davis? No. No. I'm not. I'd think about it. Why? I I would think about calling their bluff. Only because you've seen two examples. Well, one example so far. Another one possibly. Yeah. Paul George stays in OKC when nobody thought he was going to stay in OKC. And now you got Kawhi Leonard with Toronto. If they win a championship, I'm thinking he's going to stay in Toronto. If you can take a flyer on him, get him to come in, yeah, you lose Jason Tatum, but then let's say you go and you actually win something or you get close, he may fall in love with it and stay there. It's Boston. Let me like, ask it's you one this of the though. most storied franchises ever. You take Jason Tatum out of Boston, I don't believe with 
with AD, their, I don't think their roster is good enough to go to It's the, the same roster as if that's in New Orleans. Exactly. Like, what is Who is good? Okay, we have Kyrie opt out of his contract. We're going to talk about Kyrie next. Kyrie opt out of his deal. I don't think Scary Terry wants to come back to Boston. Nope. So that's both guards out. Then you send our best player to New Orleans. So that means it's going to be Boogie. What is going to be Smart, Hayward. Horford, Hayward. We paying, Hayward still got $67 million on his contract. And we was talking about bad contracts with Capella. And Hayward has $67 million And Hayward came off the bench half of the season. Come on now. I mean, the reason I call him Michael no, Jordan. No, I'm not trading him. I'm not Michael I'm not Jordan trading gave, for him. The worst contract is Nicholas Batum. I mean, he, Michael Jordan gave that man like $35 million. <laughs> Most That's definitely. Almost what Dak's getting. Yeah, we'll get to that. But no, I'm not trading. I'm not trading for AD. And I'm not if, even if I'm the Lakers, I'm not I'm not trading for AD and giving up the majority of okay. my team when I know he's coming to no, LA. No, no, no. If I'm the Lakers, I am trading for AD. Why? I, can, I will give up Lonzo. I will give up Lonzo and Brandon Ingram. For I'm AD. not giving up Kuzma. I, no, heck no. But I'm giving up Lonzo. And Kuzma is the I'm missing giving, piece. I'm giving up Lonzo. I'm giving up Brandon Ingram. I'm giving up that fourth pick. Kuzma. I'm keeping Kuzma. I have to. If it comes down to New Orleans saying we'll make the deal. But you have to include Kuzma. I'm not sending it. I'm thinking about it, man. I'm not sending it. You get LeBron and AD on the same squad, bro. Like, it's worth it. At what cost, though? Hey, man. Sometimes it you costs got seven to win players a on. You got seven bro. players on the team. What cost? I believe they're going to sign Bradley Bill. That's just me, though. Where's the money going to come from, Billy? LeBron's going to have to take a pay cut. I mean, he's used to taking He's not, he's not taking, taking no pay cut. He's you know, not taking LeBron a pay cut. I wouldn't mind seeing him take one now. You wouldn't mind it. He's not taking it, though. He's he got enough money. He can take one if he that. wants to. But I'm not taking the cut. It's just the fact of I'm not blowing up my franchise for two people. I don't care what you tell me. LeBron's stats are inflated because he only played 40 games. So you can tell me he averaged more than KD. He averaged more than Paul George. He averaged more than Kawhi. Yada, like, you could tell me that, but he only played 40 games. Then when he came back post his injury, Billy, how did he play after his injury? He played better than a lot of other players. He just didn't play up to his stage. Okay, then. So then, therefore, he didn't live up to it. So I'm not going to play with a – how I, old is LeBron? I think you give him he's an offseason, though. He'll come back. Yeah, he's 33. Yes. Yeah, okay. you, give, you give LeBron an offseason, he's going to come back the best player that's, in the league. That's if fine. If not second best player in the league. But, Billy, okay, everybody brings up what LeBron does to franchises, right? And then once he leaves – but we don't factor in the fact that when he leaves the franchise – He's the one that built this team and put them together. So once he leaves those places, they fold because he's the centerpiece of it. How long do you realistically say LeBron has in the league? You'll say three to four years, correct? At I'll least till his son gets. At least till his son gets to the league, right? And then he'll play his final season with his son. And I believe that final season, he's going to be no longer a top five player. He's going to be top ten. He's not going to be a top five player in two years. Hey Zach, hey, can watch it. Watch he's not going to be a top five years. player in two years. You can't tell me he that. He offers too much. He's a scoring Draymond. He offers too much to oh a team. Oh, my gosh. And he's a liability on defense. So, what are you saying? The superstar is not a liability on defense. Okay, but you told me the entire his entire career that he's the best player in the league. He plays both ways. He guards all five positions. Well, he hasn't done that in the last four years until he plays in June. He, right or wrong. He's trying to conserve that, though. Okay, that's not my problem. June, now, then he locks you up. That is really when it matters, though. I get that. But what I'm telling you is I'm not blowing up my franchise for somebody that I know is going to come in a year. What's the point of that? Now, you tell me how dynamic we'll be with Lonzo running the court and he has AD and LeBron at the same time. You don't, and still have, have, a, you don't have a year to waste. I mean, LeBron. Why like don't you? Just you said LeBron's getting you just there. told me he had five years. 
Okay, Apparently, you don't believe he has that long then if you don't have a year to waste. Why would I blow up my franchise for four years and I'm going to sign AD to a long contract? So you He's going to be there six. For four years. You call, you call giving up Lonzo and Brandon Ingram blowing up the franchise. Okay, but you, what did you already give up to go there? You already gave up Julius Randle, right? See, that was stupid. That was magic. Now, I don't agree with that. Okay, then. That so you're just going to continue to give up young pieces and just for people who are, okay. AD's still a young piece. I'm not saying he's not, but what I'm telling you is you built up this core for so long. Now you're just going to throw it away when you can get this person in a year. So who what other free agents are out there that are, are looking to come to the Lakers this offseason? Clay. Clay. Okay, you put Clay, AD, and LeBron on a team. You're talking about the one seed. Yes. But I don't think he's going. You think and he's going to stay in, in, in liability? So why not? we talk about liability so much, why why can't we talk about Lonzo being a liability? Lonzo is a liability because he can't stay not hurt. He can't stay not hurt, and he can't make a jump shot or a free throw. Okay, but you didn't tell me that about Ben Simmons, so don't tell me that about Lonzo. I always say that about Ben Simmons. This is Ben Simmons offers now. Ben Simmons can play defense. He offers a lot more than Lonzo. Okay, and then obviously sticking with basketball news, Kyrie doesn't opt in in Boston. And he switches his management to Billy's guy, to mm-hmm. Rock Nation. So does that tell you that he's signing with Brooklyn? Uh, that could be a telltale sign. Or do you think he sticks to New York? I'm just not going to play with the Knicks. If, I'm if he goes to play with Brooklyn, he's not looking to win a championship. Because it's the same situation as Boston. It's young players, it's talent, it's probably a but it's nobody else. He doesn't have anybody he can dump the ball off to to score. And if he comes, the uh, loading is not staying. Do we get a, a LeBron and Kyrie reunion in L.A.? They like to think uh, that. I, I don't want. think I don't think that happens. But that may be why they blow it up. because That makes sense. If you blow up the franchise and then I know that Kyrie is coming, then it makes sense. Then it doesn't look stupid. Then I can actually give up Kuzma because now – I have well, probably maybe, maybe that's the plan. The third option. But I'm not I going Bradley Bill's coming too. That's just me. Why do you think Bradley Bill's coming? Although him and John Wall are done. You talk about blowing up a franchise, that needs to be obliterated. I mean, to, to tell you the truth, I mean I mean, y'all might not agree with me. Eventually they have to blow up Portland. Yeah. Portland's not gonna get too much further than what they got this year. But that's Fine. In certain markets, Billy, they have to be okay with that. Like The same way we said nobody's going to Charlotte, I don't think anybody wants to go to Portland. I don't think anybody wants to go to Milwaukee. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to go to OKC outside of Paul George and Wilson Westbrook. Like, it's certain markets where people don't want to go. I mean, OKC is hey. a small market I believe players can live with. Okay. But the, it's, it's a, a college place to live. Like, that's the thing. It's like there's no – there's no nightlife. Like, it's not a place that people want to go. They want to be in New York, L.A., Boston, big cities, so they can go out and enjoy it and see that. But th- those other places, Milwaukee doesn't have no nightlife. Even Dallas, you can't get nobody to come to Dallas. Yeah. And Dallas is what? Top 10, top 20 biggest cities in America? Yeah, but Dallas is just, you know, Dallas. <laughs> I think people are just waiting for Dirk to leave. I think it's going to be a different story now. You think they want to play with Lucas? Yeah. Who wouldn't want to play with Who Lucas? Who wouldn't? Yeah, I agree. Especially if Porzingis come back the way we expect him to come back. All they need is one free. If he's clear of all charges, because we don't promote whatever he got charged with, we're going to definitely stand by that. Okay, we don't. But I'm saying if he gets clear and he comes back healthy, they get one more free agent. They could be a tier two free agent. And 
they may be looking at the eighth, seventh seed. But we just okay. You just sit here and told me media, being good in the Western Conference as Portland just was. What they were the third seed. You told me yeah. you're gonna have to blow that franchise up in two, three years if it doesn't win. It's not going to win. But why would I stop being the third seed in the West, the toughest conference, where the difference between seed three and seed eight is three games? Why would I blow that up? That's my same problem with Houston. Why would I blow us up if we're consistently making the playoffs? If our only issue is once we get there, we have trouble. Okay, that's fine. But would you rather sit there? Who? Name me somebody in the draft that you're going to draft better than James Hart. Name me somebody that you're going to draft that's better than C.J. McCollum. It's not happening. Nobody. Exactly. So why would I blow that up? The the big man that they had hurt, what's his name, Nurkic? I don't believe you blow the draft. In the NBA, I don't believe you blow the draft, uh, blow the team up with a draft. No. You blow it up for free agents. But nobody's exactly. going to Portland. <laughs> you right, but. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to blow my team up and miss the playoffs and be so terrible for the next 10 years. So you're going to be complacent and losing in the second round every year. Hey. That's how it, it goes. If you're talking about blowing up the Lakers. Then you're not going to be terrible for the next ten years if you're blowing it up for yeah, Anthony. Davis. The Lakers is different though. Which, the Lakers you can't blow it up. The only reason they allowed for them to be bad the three years before LeBron came there is because of the terrible Kobe contract they had. That's it, and they took that on the chin because everybody says he's the greatest Laker Let's that ever put on a uniform. Let's not forget Mozgov. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody like you're gonna. You're going to put yourself in a predicament for the best person to ever put your uniform on. We're not – like, I don't have a problem with that. You understand what comes with that. You get what I'm saying? Like, that's not an issue. What is an issue is when your quarterback is, I would say, top 15, top 20. Maybe some people even push him to 25. And you get that man $34 million a year. If we're talking about the same person, he is definitely top 15. Don't ever say top Top 15? <laughs> Okay, I'm going to give you a scenario, Zach. At least 20. Do you believe? Sometimes he go to 20. Sometimes he drops to 20. You can't tell okay, me he doesn't. Okay, I'll give you that because he's inconsistent. Do I'm you listening. believe Zach Prescott takes the Vikings to the playoffs? Yeah. Exactly. So, if what do you, do you call do you call Kirk Cousins a top 15 quarterback? Negative. Okay, then. Okay, we agree on something. Yeah, I thought you were going to say yes. No. Kirk Cousins couldn't even go 8-8. Eight eight. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dak exactly. Yeah, I think Dak gets them to the playoffs. They still ain't winning it. But I'm not giving that, back thirty four million. I, I disagree. I believe Dak can win a Super Bowl. He can win it, Billy. But I'm not giving him thirty four million. You know what this means? This means we're not paying. We're not paying Byron Zeke. Jones. You're not paying Byron Jones. We're not paying you, Zeke. They have to pay Zeke. They no, they're going to they tag Zeke, Zeke twice, and Zeke is going to leave. That would be the dumbest decision they ever made in their life. They're going to have to – I would say Amari Cooper probably doesn't get the deal that he desires. He's going to get it because he just balled. Byron Jones walks, and somebody like a missing piece like – let me see, like Jalen Smith has to walk. I mean, you're – that's what you go through when you miss a window of opportunity. Why do you think the Seahawks were so good for those two or three years? They had their quarterback on a rookie contract. Now they're not going to sign anybody. But that's my my biggest thing with the Dak signing is just the amount of money he got. We talked about it last week. They give Dak 28, 
29, even 30 like Cousins got. I'm not mad at that. But for you to go above that, one, you see the market rising, especially with the deal Wentz just got. We definitely we don't have a problem with that. If it's me, I'm letting him go all the way to the end of this contract. Then we start talking about it. But the fact that you pay him $34 million, that lets me know that you believe he's more important than Zeke, and I don't think he is. It, I mean, it just shows me that they believe in him as a quarterback, and I I don't know if I agree with that decision. How can you not? That's the question. How can you not? Because whenever Zeke was out, what was y'all record? I mean, you take a lot of best no. I mean, some people just need more help than others. Okay, but if you need more help, don't tell me you're worth $34 million. Dak take 28. That means Zeke can at least get 10 a year and he's fine. You get what I'm saying? But now they paid Dak this million. Now they're going to have to pay Amari Cooper because until Amari Cooper got there, eh, his stats was okay. Dak, it wasn't like Dak was just throwing the ball to Gallup or the no-name tight ends that y'all had wherever you have Jason Witten coming back to be the savior. You get what I'm saying? Like, we're not talking about a quarterback that was doing good with weapons, with no weapons. So now he puts his team in more of a bind. Luckily, they already paid the people in front of him, so we don't have to worry about that. Tyron Smith is good for, I think, at least two years. That's fine. But it's a huge difference between when you pull up the Eagles roster and I think it's 13 of their 22 starters are locked in for their contract for at least the next three to four years. They had enough money set aside to where they paid Wentz that money. Y'all are not in the same boat. Like you said, Jalen Smith is going to have to walk, and they're going to choose uh, – 55 over Jalen Smith because he's still on his rookie deal. Jalen Smith is about to come up because he got drafted the year after Zeke and him. No, he got drafted the same year, I believe. Exactly. So his contract is coming up. Like you said, Byron Jones is coming up. Byron Jones want to walk, I believe. Exactly. Somebody want to pay for Byron Jones. As they should because he is somebody who can play corner and safety. You put him in the right position, he's athletic enough to work everything. So it's going to be money well spent. But we're going to stay in the back end. The Jaguars are the stupidest franchise <laughs> defensively. How are you going to tell Jalen Ramsey that he's not getting his money? And after this deal, you're not renewing it. You're not franchise tagging him. He's out of it. That's dumb. That's nothing but Tom Coughlin right there. He's stern like that. I believe that's all Tom Coughlin. But why? What? What is? What do you get out of being stern in this instance? You're probably because losing. If you look at it, Tom Coughlin, he's, he's it's my way or the highway. I mean, he damn near got rid of Michael Strahan before Michael Strahan got on board. So you know, him and Michael Strahan used to bump heads, and I believe that's the same thing he's doing with Jalen Ramsey. So are you telling me it's because uh, of his antics, like the way he called out all those quarterbacks, you know, at the beginning I of the season last year? It. Like, it can't be talent-wise. Because talent-wise, he's top three, top Phenomenal. Two yeah. Nobody's better than him. Yeah. They're all on I the agree. same level. Nobody's better. I than agree. You. And his mentality is savage. I and love he's it. He's so tall. I love it. He's a freakish athlete. The only person probably more athletic than him is the guy that played with him, and that's Derwin James. Yeah, I probably yeah, Derwin. But I don't understand. I don't understand. I get it. You struck gold with the guy that used to play in Houston that plays opposite of him. Boye. Yes. You struck gold in that. An undrafted guy came in and played for you, played well for you within the defense. You have a good defensive line. But when you have somebody that can knock off the whole side of the field that you don't have to worry about, and you're going to tell him you're not going to pay him, that is absurd. Yeah. 
Yeah, that I agree with the you. Whole defense right there, man. It's, it's, what is what do you get out of that? You already lost your safeties in the back end. So now you're going to tell your corner you're not at it. So what is that? You want Nick Foles to win every game by scoring 35 points. <laughs> I don't believe they have the weapons on the outside to do that. They don't. Who would you say their most talented receiver is? Westbrook, you got. Uh, D.D. Westbrook. Exactly. And even then, he's thin. <laughs> and they just signed Terrell Pryor, so what does that show you? That tells you they're yeah. desperate. Now, me, I love Terrell, Terrell Pryor. But he's definitely a project still at this point in his career. He's the only person that started at a game. It tells you they don't have the weapons on offense. And for you to take away what you're good at in defense and tell him that you're not going to sign him, what is like? What I mean, the defense is the star of that team. Yes. And then you're going to tell your best defender, hey, we, we really we don't, don't want you. you. So like, who, yeah. Who's, but I will say this. I respect him, Ramsey, because he came out and said, no matter what the contract situation looks like, as long as he's in that uniform, he's going to give it everything he's got. He's not holding out. He's not doing that. He wants to play. And I respect that. Because he's a ball player. Exactly. And which only should make you want to pay him more because That's this what is I'm all saying. he wants to do. Although I, done like, I, didn't like his, I didn't like his move to Adidas, but I'm neither here nor there. But staying at the cornerback position, Kenny Moore gets paid. Kenny Moore the second. Excuse me. How important is a nickel corner to you in today's NFL? Very important. Very. Uh, and sometimes a nickel corner may be more important than your starting, the corner or your starting corner. Because he has to be able to tackle. He has to be able to play man. He has to be able to play zone. And a lot of times in these defenses nowadays, they're more nickels are used more like linebackers. They blitz a lot, too. Definitely. Perfect example. Do y'all remember when the Cowboys surprisingly beat the Saints that year? Or last year? Yes. The MVP of that game, people don't know, was Jordan Lewis. Because Jordan Lewis was in charge of guarding Alvin Kamara out the backfield. Because a lot of times, you watch the Saints, they get that mismatch from linebacker where Alvin Kamara, they go at them all day. Chris Richard made a move, I think it was second quarter, where he put Jordan Lewis in. And that was the move of the game because they contained, they have somebody as athletic as Kamara, and they contained them. And that's why I say a nickel corner is very important in the league. Now, do you pay them top dollar? No, but I believe they're super important. I feel like the only reason the coach paid him so much money is because they had the, all the cap space. It was a position where they felt like they had somebody that they could depend on. They had the money. They didn't make any real moves in free agency. So, therefore, they felt like they had to sign him. Now, as far as for me, like you said, am I paying a nickel corner that much as much as I'm paying my outside corner? No. But I understand the importance. Like you said, Billy, they have to be able to guard a tight end. They have to be able to guard the inside receiver where the offense is becoming a lot of those crossing routes in the inside. And they have to be able to set the edge whenever it's a run. It's a lot of things that that position does that made it so valuable, especially with this game being spread out the way it is in an NFL game turning into more like college. But the way the field is set up is still small, so you have to be able to have people on the field that can cover more ground. So that's why they're on the field so much, and these teams are forced to play five DBs. And that position is basically becoming a starter. But I don't understand how he gets his money and Jalen Ramsey doesn't. That's crazy to me. And we're talking about a kid. I don't, I don't think he was a high draft pick. I think this is his second or third team. Like, we're not talking about – we're talking about somebody that's been around the league. Exactly. It's just a questionable decision, to say the least. Now, moving along. The Raiders got confirmed for hard knocks. I'm, I'm so excited about that. <laughs> oh, my TV. goodness. When I heard that, I almost jumped up and down, bro. I yeah. cannot wait to watch the Raiders on hard knocks. It's that's probably must-see TV. Definitely. Especially with the signings of Perfect, Incognito. My boyfriend Oakland gonna be on there, so it's just 
it's a lot of things to look forward to. John Gruden is going to be John Gruden. The NFL film's been dropping a lot of his mic'd up lately where he's just being who he is. You can see why he had a 10-year career on t- television. Like, it's just something. Only thing I'm upset about is Beastman was gone. Yes. That would have, have been an extra layer on the cake. <laughs> definitely. But it's it's definitely something that we're going to be have to keep our eye on. I'm, I'm really glad that they chose him and didn't go to Washington. I feel like Washington would have been boring. It would have been so boring. Uh, the Giants, I they don't have Odell. San Fran, San Fran would have been a good look. I, Garoppolo coming back. Exactly. Garoppolo always gives you a story. Last year he had the story with the model. So he <laughs> he he's not as squeaky clean as what, the quarterback. Was it an Instagram be. model or was it a porn star? Oh, yeah. Porn star. <laughs> That's what I thought. Star. Hang on. I tried to save you, Garoppolo. <laughs> <laughs> so the Raiders is definitely going to be probably the most interesting team. But I still think they probably go I believe six and they, ten. If they could have did Cleveland twice, they would have. Yes, they'd have went right back to Cleveland. But it's the Raiders are going to go six and ten. They're in probably the toughest division within the NFL. I don't think who would you say is harder, Billy? I don't think it's a division harder than that because last year what <laughs> the Chiefs went thirteen and three and the Chargers went twelve and four. Yeah, I I would say the NFC North is pretty hard too. NFC North. Yeah, with Chicago and. Green Bay and the Vikings. Green yeah. Bay might make a you big turnaround. This and year. Detroit always, every four years, Detroit comes back. But so we'll see how that goes. That's those that definitely two of the toughest divisions. Aaron Rodgers is always going to keep the Packers relevant. So it's just about seeing it. Now you have your list together, John. I think so. Okay, we're gonna go top five receivers because we got huge contract talks coming up. Now watch. I already know for sure that one of these receivers is not going to be in any of our top fives. But he's definitely about to probably break the receiver market. So drop the five for us. Number five. At number five, I have A.J. Green. I got number five, A.J. Green as well. I got Adam Thielen at number five. Okay, come on, John. Number four. And number four, I got, it hurts me to say this, I got DeAndre Hopkins at number four. Why do you want to have my same list, Billy? Get your own brain. <laughs> Give me DeAndre Hopkins at four. Come on, John. All right, man, at number four. I have Tyreek Hill. I like that. Although he might not play this upcoming season. He might. He might not. But I'm talking about <laughs> just specifically skills. Like, I don't, I don't condone, you know, the off-field stuff. Yes. Skills. He did get cleared of all four. charges. He did. He so, did. He did. Congrats on that. <laughs> I done got plenty of hard weapons in my day, so I know what he was describing. <laughs> but we don't do the violence towards children and women. But he did get cleared of all charges. Run me that number three, John. Number three. Number three, I have Antonio Brown. What? Yes, at number three, I have Antonio Brown. He's so disrespectful. It hurts me to say that. At number three, give me Julio. See, I can't do that. Number three, give me Julio. What you got, John? At number three, I put Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, number three. Such a Houston bias in the studio, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I would have put him number one if I didn't feel like you were going to talk some smack to me for doing that. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm just messing with you. Hopkins put up numbers. He did. He did. And he's consistent. Give me the two, John. Number two. Oh, this gonna hurt. Number two, give me Odell Beckham. We knew it. Give me Odell Beckham at two, John. All right, number two, I put Michael Thomas. I don't like your list. I don't like your list either. I said I like it. Oh my bad. I thought you said you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely gives you something to think about. Go to one, please. Please play the one before I get the cussing over here. Number one. Number one, I'm going from the guy straight out of Tuscaloosa, Julio Jones. He doesn't catch open touchdown passes. Julio Jones is the most unguardable player in the NFL. And say he's not. He guards himself when he drops the ball 
number one receiver you can, in the you league. Can say that about, you can say that about number 13 in Cleveland. Number too. one number receiver four. in the league is Antonio Brown. He's 5'10", 190 pounds, and it's not a defender in this league that can guard him. He does the same catches as the 6'4", mammoth that you just described at a smaller frame and a higher volume, had more touchdowns, has more yards, is the only one on the same pace okay. as Jerry Rice. It's no I'll competition. Thing, Those stats are good, but they force-feed him the ball. And that's what I think in Oakland is going to be a, a kind of a rude awakening for him because I don't think John Cruz is going to force-feed him the ball like they did in uh, Pittsburgh. Who's the best player in Oakland? Um, it's it, it AB by far. Okay, so why would you not but make you your think best he's player happy? Him. And plus, is Derek Carr better than Big Ben? No, but he can put it in the general vicinity. Okay, I give you that. But if you if you think I am going off one on one last Sunday game, I'm throwing it up to Julio Jones. I don't care. What I never said says. that. I never said you was wrong. I can see the image of him snatching the ball out of Malcolm Butler's hands. That's fine. That's something that'll be forever ingrained in my brain. John still haven't gave us his number one, but I'm going to continue making my point. But what I'm going to tell you is it doesn't matter if Antonio Brown is single cover, double cover. Did you see their Super Bowl run? Who was the best player in the playoffs that Super Bowl run? It was Julio. But he still didn't have a better run than Larry Fitzgerald. What are you saying? You're talking about Larry the legend, though. Okay. Julio is more physically gifted. He's faster. He's stronger than Larry. And Larry still had a better run than him. And the only reason Larry didn't win that game is because Antonio Holmes magically put both feet down. Magically. (laughs) Somehow, right? I don't I still think one of his foot was on top of the other. That was my favorite end of the Super Bowl, by the way. Yes. Okay, but John, give me a who's your number one receiver? So so real quick, I gotta make a little I gotta make a little timeout real quick. Okay, Okay, so so I Realized I didn't put Jones on this list, so I'm going to take and make Adam Thielen at number five an honorable mention and put Jones there. And then at number one, I I couldn't make the decision, dude. I got Antonio Brown slash Odell Beckham Jr. number okay. one. Like, it, I, how do you— So it's you, a lot of cop-outs. Yeah. It's a lot of cop-outs on hey your man, list. It's yeah, okay. maybe. Don't hey, worry. But Stephon Diggs you know, is six for me, so yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Who's your six? Uh, my Who's your my six, honorable Billy? mention, my yeah. honorable mention is the fam, Des Bryant. I still rock with you, fam. I still rock with you. Hey, Billy, I will end this call if you ever mention Dez Bryant on Des my podcast as a top six receiver in the <laughs> NFL. It wasn't a catch. It definitely wasn't. He's going to be – Billy is going to cuss us out the rest of this podcast because he feels that it was a, a catch <laughs> and it was wasn't a catch. clearly a catch. He put in a catching motion. He put in a, a running motion everything. Really, he's not even on the team, Billy. We get, we getting that. Hey, he didn't put him at number six. He did say honorable mention. He just want to yeah, throw exactly. him out there. That's yeah, you know, shout out to eighty eight. R.I.P. Des Bryant. Moving along. So what? So what do you think about uh, them trying to shorten up the preseason? Possibly. I agree with it. But now, I'm not adding two games to the end of the season. It's two sides of that coin because you know those players that's on the bubble. Yes. I believe they need that. You know, that extra preseason game. But as far as in the vets, they're probably thinking a different way. Like. Ezekiel Elliott's saying, I don't need no preseason game, Sam. I'm going to lead the league in Russia regardless. But some guy on the bubble is probably saying, I need that preseason game to, you know, so I can have a job this fall. So, you know, it's both ways. Do you, do you believe they add an extra two games that we're going to get the best effort in those extra two games? No. It depends on how the playoffs are shaking out. Some teams probably not. But you don't get the best You're effort right. from teams that – aren't going to make it anyways in, in those last two games. So it's just a like matter of – Thursday night game I watch is kind of trash. Most definitely. I'm not I'm not taking away two preseason games and adding two games at the end of the season because my body is already dead enough. So if you add two more games to my season, 
I'm not going to have anything left for the playoffs, let alone the teams that have to go, what, in the offseason <laughs> after week 18? No. Yeah, I mean, I can feel you on that. I just That means the season doesn't end until, what, the middle of February, beginning of March? Oh, what? I don't like that at all. What? Yep. That's terrible. But guess what that means? Now, more, where have you more, more money? Football. More football. But at what cost is it? I love the game. You know what I'm saying? I love the game. I understand what they're going through. Yeah. So you're not going to put their per- that person that bought it for 16 weeks. Then tell me I got another two games because you didn't want me to play the first two games at the beginning of the season. That's not logically okay. Just because you feel like you can make more money in a regular season game than a preseason game, and it's more beneficial to your pockets and not my body. Not because you got to think. In two of those games, the first game and the last game, starters don't play. They play a quarter in the second game. They play half of the third game, and then they sit down. So now instead of you doing that for your starters, the people that generate your money, now we're going to add two games to the end of the season. In a league where contracts aren't guaranteed. Exactly. I was just going to say that. So it doesn't matter if you raise the money that I'm getting that season. If I get hurt week 14, that means I miss 15, 16, 17, and 18 and 19. Because it's not going to be just an 18-week season. It's a 19 at least because of all the bye weeks. Yep. Which just makes it harder. That means you're playing regular season all the way until January. Who wants to see that? So what if you're the Patriots and you know how they lock up the division early? Yeah. Do you rest Tom Brady for two those two last games since you locked the division up so early? He's going to be rusty as hell. And maybe not him because, I mean, he does this. Like, that's what he does. But some teams like that's going to eat them alive. For somebody else like Dak, say the Cowboys wrap up the division early. Do you rest Dak those last two games? Rest Dak and Zeke those last two games? I'm not doing it. Not two games. I'll do one, not two, because that's too long. And plus, if you got to buy, that's three weeks without football. Exactly. I don't like the idea at all. Not one bit. See, at first when we started this conversation, I was swaying to the to the other side. I was swaying. I even said it. I'd take off the you know two preseason games, put it on it. But you you convinced me. <laughs> it's all about the player, in my opinion. Like, if exactly. you're not going to give them guaranteed contracts, you're right. I didn't think about that. If you're not going to give them guaranteed contracts, you can't ask them to, to play these extra two games. I get it. Now, yes, if you want to knock just the two preseason games off, that's fine. Like, the Rams owner, I mean, the Rams GM said he doesn't expect Todd Gurley to play in the preseason. He probably doesn't need it. A lot, a of, the, back, you a lot of the superstars don't play much yeah, in the preseason anyway, so take away those two games. You don't need that wear on your body. But like Billy said, players 50 through 53 on the roster those people that get cut on the last cut they need it the ones that make the practice squad squad. those guys need those games i need in live action reps because if i don't play here but i do play the preseason okay now i got film the xfl comes in 2020 now i have something to show them so so do you do you just leave it the way it is or do you have another idea you want to bring to the table you leave it the way it is exactly anything expand the playoffs but don't tell me I have a longer season. Pay me the same amount of money. Don't guarantee my contracts because at any point when I get hurt, you're out of this. So what about just shortening the pre? Keep the season the same length. Shorten the preseason to two or three games. At least take away one of them. I was going to say three is perfect. You can still play, you know, the first quarter and then this, the first half of game two and then just three. sit them out three and then start you're the good. season going forward. But they're so money hungry. That's why you have the – Hall of Fame game, who's a week before everybody else. <laughs> so we got six weeks of preseason, basically. Then turn around going to the, the league. You got 17 weeks, but they tell you it's a 16-game season. It's all about money. But don't add to my season. Don't add to the bo- the stress on my body. Yes, I know I signed up for it, but guarantee more money. Make sure them last two games that you added on, because all our contracts are for 16 games a year. So you adding two games into the season. My contract only covers 15. 
I mean, 16. So now what? Do you give me triple the amount of money that I would make? It's volunteer work. I man. believe they would have to revise that. Exactly. Yeah. Either, But that's going to take too long. It's 53 players on a the roster. There's 32 teams in the league. How much paperwork is that? <laughs> Nobody's doing that much paperwork. It's just something I wouldn't do. It's not not right now. The new collective bargaining agreement comes up. We can have this discussion. We can talk about if you're going to take away these games, what that means for us. We can argue for guaranteed contracts. But don't do that in the middle of just a whim of all-season talks. And now I have yeah. to think about, oh, if I have to go to 18 games, my body might not fail. Me and Billy just brought up last week the rookie wall. Everybody's hitting a wall in week 18. Because you got to think those teams that's not that haven't been to the playoffs. Now all of a sudden I got two more games to get ready for. What? It'd probably be more interesting to see a playoff run if you add those extra two games. Uh, you want the playoffs longer? Teams like teams like you don't expect to say like a team like San Fran, somebody that's on the cusp of being decent but not there yet. Okay, I get what you're saying. But now let's see. I was bringing this up. We'll do we'll do just the Jawan Howard. Jawan Howard goes back as the Michigan coach. Obviously, he was part of the Fab Five. NBA champion. They went to the finals three times. He did everything he could as far as his playing career. Now he goes back, has the press conference at the University of Michigan, his alma mater. He's the head coach. He's crying. Um, I don't know if you noticed it, Billy, because you – I mean, you obviously noticed it because you are a LeBron fan. You've seen him at the end of y'all benches, a lot of the teams LeBron was a part of. So you knew he was in suits. He was basically preparing himself to become a coach. What is the one job that you want within America that'll be similar to this situation? Like for me, something that I always, wherever I want to, like, don't get me wrong, I love PV. I will coach at PV. I'll be the head coach at PV and turn them around and turn them into a HBCU dynasty. That's fine. But before I went to school at PV, I was an OU fan. I'm an OU fan. My dad went to OU. That's just what's in me. So if I had a coaching opportunity, I'm going to go coach at OU. That's going to be what I would sit on this podium and cry about <laughs> because that's something that I always thought about. That's something I always dreamed of is coaching there. What's somewhere where you would coach where that, that type of emotion would be displayed? Somewhere I would coach would probably be either Alabama or somewhere in the Big Ten. I, I just love I, I love the SEC, but I love the Big Ten also. So if I'm not coaching Alabama, there would have to be a team in the Big Ten. The Big Ten? Yes. Like that is the Ohio most boring State. football in America outside of Ohio State. Yeah, you notice I said Ohio State. John, you gonna tell me your team? Man, I don't know. I, I would rep I guess I would represent Houston, U of H. If I had an opportunity, yeah, I would definitely rep U of H. For real. Like I I don't have an allegiance to any other college. Like I didn't I didn't necessarily go to college. <laughs> but U of H is, is who I watch. I root for U of H, so I w- I would rep U of H. And as a small caveat, I would also win my coaching at Dallas Carter just to bring them back to the promised land. I feel you. Dallas Carter. That's where Billy <laughs> went for a little minute. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, that's what's yeah. up. He in Dallas right now. Okay. Well, that'll be all for us. Obviously, we picking the Warriors to win tonight, go to game seven, win game seven. John thinks that the Raptors are going to finish it tonight. That's not going to happen. Yep. That's the reason why Jurassic he's Park going to be in full effect tonight. Watch Drake drop a whole album tonight. <laughs> He probably already had one made. He definitely probably. Did. But all right, you can do your. Have me on Twitter at Bill Wilson fifty two. That's B I L Wilson fifty two. That's Twitter and Instagram. All right, I'm John. You can add me at Twitter at J A Y D U B underscore fire J Dub underscore fire. I don't have an Instagram. I'm Zach. It's great. This is the Zach Knows podcast, and we out.